if your coach throws you under the bus right after you have a bad game, after you're already feeling bad about yourself, like this just happens. And you have that quick reaction. He didn't make the right one. And now everybody turns on him. Welcome to Spinsters, the podcast where we only start point guards and centers. I'm Hillary Shaughnessy. I'm the center because I'm 6'4". And I'm Jordan Liggins. I'm the point guard. If I, um, when I intentionally think about the word center, I'll say it correctly. But if not, I'll say center. Same. Yeah. Okay, good. Do we have housekeeping? I don't have you the... Oh, you know what I want to say for housekeeping is everyone should listen to The Rumor. It's a Blue Wire podcast. I know. So maybe my endorsement seems tainted. I think that's fine. Jordan, have you listened to it yet? Not yet. It's on my list, though. It is so good. It's almost... It's more like um, true crime, but nobody died. So it's Ooh. like ethical true crime. Um, and it's also about baseball. So if you've got me locked in, chances are you will also be locked in. It's about infidelity <laughs> and um, going to a cop's house. And like, it's great. I mean, all of it is great. I think everyone great should. great teasers. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I really, um, I've been refreshing. I asked our boss, uh, Peter, I was like, so when's episode two coming out? I'm very into it. I think it's great. Everyone should listen I to it. I love the trailer and I love the hook of like, have you heard this rumor? I mean, I'm all about rumors. And it's like, like serial. It's if, yeah. Yeah. Again, no murder, which is just generally like best for the best for everyone. Um, so yeah. Official platform of Spencer's no murdering. <laughs> Um, and other housekeeping is to, if you would like, rate and review us. Also, if you don't want to. (laughs) I was waiting for it. But I love the if you like. That's fine. But also housekeeping is, if you haven't already, listen to Shireen's motherhood episode. It was so, so good. It came out last Thursday. Make sure that you guys listen to it because she does a wonderful job telling the stories of different moms who play basketball and how they juggled being a mom, having a baby at the height of their career. And we talk to Mama McGee in that story, Pam McGee and her daughter. I went to the women's drew this past weekend and Imani was playing and she's so good. She's so, so good. She's a WNBA player, which makes sense. But she was so good, and I was like, oh, we just talked to your mom. She's lovely. Wow, that's so, great. Yeah. Um, know, she's also really circle. good on Twitter. Imani. Oh, I believe that. I think yeah. Pam's on Twitter as well. Okay, well, do you want to talk about um, Ben Simmons and break our promise to not eat that we made to each other? <laughs> I know, we're not Holding hands under an archway with a witness <laughs> present to never talk about Ben Simmons on this podcast again. But we have to. We have to this time because it's about something that I think both of us are super passionate about, about around mental health and everything that's going on with the situation. Like, it's kind of a lot. It's getting to a point where even though we vow not to talk to him, we have to talk about it because it's getting to that point. Um, if you I don't know if you can hear the dumpster 
they're, it's like trash day today. I think that's a pretty appropriate <laughs> metaphor <laughs> for this situation. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is even the latest? I was going to, I have a, an athletic article pulled up so I can break down the, or I guess recap. I'm not breaking it down. This writer is, the writer is uh, Shams, a little guy uh, named Shams Sonaria. He's up and coming. He's really good. I think <laughs> May he's going to make of a him. splash yeah. in the basketball media world in a couple of years. Um Okay, so basically Ben has said he's not mentally ready to play. He needs time to get his mind in a better place. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I read the Shams article recapping what exactly that transaction has been with the Sixers, because it's going to get really weird if you haven't heard about this, I want to first say there's no disputing on my end um, that Ben has been rude, and that's something that the Sixers fans in my life have not stopped saying to me um, anytime that I suggest that the Sixers themselves are acting poorly as well. Yes, Ben is being, I guess, if you want to call it unprofessional, unprofessional. It's not like a typical professional workplace, but whatever. Yeah, He didn't allow his teammates to meet with him in LA before training camp. Then he went to camp late. Then he had his phone in his pocket um, during practice, yeah. which... Who among us? Um, He got kicked out of practice. I think for me, the worst thing was the report that said he ignored a security guard when the security guard said hi to him. That sucked. You don't have to. They didn't do anything. So, yeah, he hasn't been pleasant. I will say that. Um, This is what the athletic article says about what's happening now as he's not playing. Okay, currently the 76ers are testing the validity of Simmons' pursuit of mental health assistance. Gosh. So, okay. Just let that sink in for a second. The 76ers have become increasingly irritated with Simmons' lack of providing further clarity on the matter to them and have threatened to return their daily fines for events that the organization feels he is not participating in such as games, practices, shoot-arounds, and strength and conditioning workouts. Multiple Mm -hmm. sources have told The Athletic that Simmons has provided the organization with the names of each of his mental health professionals. The franchise has access to Simmons' mental health professionals, but those professionals are not able to provide further information to the Sixers without Simmons' consent due to patient confidentiality. So far, Philadelphia does not have a mental health doctor on its staff with whom Simmons is comfortable, sources say. Simmons is allowed the ability to seek treatment from outside the Sixers physicians for mental assistance. The Sixers feel they should be given more details about Simmons' treatment plans, process, and return time frame. Like it's it's an ACL tear or something. Because when you're depressed, the one thing you can tell someone is, I will be back in four to six weeks. <laughs> Not at all. And I think my my thing with this is this isn't just an on-off switch. Like, we have to think about what has been leading up to this moment. And that's what I was kind of, as these stories and reports were, were swirling around, I was like, this has really been a year. Like, it started... Before last season, when he was getting thrown in with James Harden trade talks, and then they're like, okay, JK, Harden didn't want to come to the Sixers, so you're our guy. 
He has a good regular season. He becomes an all-star. They they love him. Sixers fans, Philadelphia, they love him. Playoffs happen. He's not shooting free throws well. They turn on him. The whole city, his whole team, everybody. That has to be really hard on your mental health. Then the game seven. He passed up the open dunk. We will never, ever forget that. He never. will never forget that. Never. Like you, when you're playing basketball, that is a quick reaction. Like you have to make decisions fast. He made the wrong one. And now it haunts him forever. And that is what it, everyone has this cloud over him, him passing up that open dunk. So that happened. Then your coach throws you under the bus right under the game. Your teammate, Embiid, throws you under the bus right after that. And then you say, okay, I don't want to be a part of this organization anymore if you guys don't want me. So all of this is leading up to this point. I don't feel, and when people are saying, you know, this is, oh, all of a sudden, it's <laughs> mental health. Like, no, 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 no. We have to think about whatever happened prior to in life but also what is le leading up to this moment specifically with the organization. And that is what we have to be more gracious as fans, as people are, that are just watching the sport of like, no, this is, this might be deeper than just, I'm not mentally ready right now, but it's because of all these things that I've heard that, you guys shopped me around. Nobody bit. So now I guess we'll keep you. But um, Daryl Morey being like, this could last for four years. Buckle up. We're not trading him for for a role player. They have to be a difference maker. Like this is all happening so publicly that he can't help but read or be enthralled by it. So as somebody that has struggled with mental health before, like it's not one moment. It's the little moments that kind of accumulate into being this huge cloud that's hanging over you. So for the the team to be like, I need the receipts that you're actually getting help for this <laughs> is really annoying. It's so annoying. The, the lack of what were we saying before this? It's not it's not black and white. A situation like this is not black and white. I'm right. glad you gave all the background because honestly, to me, it's like it blends together of a pretty overall like bad experience. Mm -hmm. And I've had uh, Sixers fans also tell me, yeah, but we supported him so much up until this season. I don't know if you can say that. I don't know if you can say just because yeah. you lost your mind the couple times you shot a three that that's support. That's kind of like you want that. Like that's good for you. That's relief for you. You don't think he hears this talk radio, this constant cycle on Twitter. And now mm -hmm. it's not just that Sixers fans are unhappy with him. It's that he's a he's a very hated player. There's a stigma that goes along with any player now who doesn't want to be on his team. There's a group of people who are just going to automatically not like you. Yeah. And I think the lack of nuance also ignores the fact that even assholes get to say that their mental health is a bad place. Yeah. This is not just reserved for like people like you and adorable people like Naomi Osaka yeah. or people who feel like kind, like Kevin Love. And even both of them faced enormous backlash mm -hmm. when they said, I need to do this for my mental health. That There's stigma still exists. Yeah. Who, yeah, I, Simone I, Biles. 
I wrote down stigma in all caps because it is. And it's, I hate to use the phrase, but like bigger than basketball people. Like if he's not okay, he's not okay. And he has the right to say, I'm not okay. And, um, yes, exactly. And the stigma is almost like now that people are trying to validify that they acknowledge that other people need it. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. always the thing on Twitter where I'm like, sometimes I feel like guys try a little bit too hard to support like women on it. I'm like, is this for show? But it's still supportive. Like I'm, I'm kind of rambling now. But the thing about mental health is that we do not get to not take someone at their word. Mm. That's the thing. We, we don't know what's going on. Right. I will never understand. We can't put ourselves in his head. And the most extreme version of the devil's advocate for this here, if you're going to say, actually, I do think this is a slippery slope or maybe the Sixers have a point. The devil's advocate argument is that he's not in a bad place. Ben's not in a bad place or in such a bad place. He can't play a game, but he's lying about his mental health or playing it up to get out of a job that won't let him out, has publicly said rude things about him and is clearly never going to be an amicable place for him to be. I would say that qualifies as being in a bad place. Like, I don't understand how people are making that mental health argument when he's got all of this going on. But um, yeah, he's like, I don't. I don't want to work here anymore. And they're like, oh, sorry. Too bad. They're like, yeah, yeah, too bad. But there, and which brings me like there's a darker reason why that devil's advocate argument to me is inappropriate and too easy, which is like those people will tell yeah. you then everyone can do this. Every player is going to be able to say, mm-hmm. you know what? Like I can't be in the calves anymore. Like it's deteriorating my mental health. And so I went out. And then, you know, all these players will just lie and teams will have to trade them. Okay. So is the issue here that players will lie? Or is it that they find themselves having to lie to get out of a situation that would possibly resort them to lying? Mm, Like, this is just the way, I mean, like, I need to stop getting existential about everything. But the way that American sports are established is that there are owners. Mm -hmm. There's a draft. And then there are players who are owned. Their labor is owned. And they're the yeah. ones who create the actual entertainment. And so the the power imbalance has always been very obvious. But there is the illusion because we see them um, so up close, I think. And we see all of these, like this player is unhappy. This player might move. This player, you know, we get to see what we perceive as their wants and desires. There's the illusion of free will in the NBA, maybe in American sports at large, thanks to free agency that players didn't even have until 30 years ago, 40 years. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty recently where it was only teams, right? Yes, exactly. And so that idea that every four or so years a player gets to decide where they want to go equals an autonomy is hilarious. And to be clear, to bring it back to Ben, he cannot go to another team. Not without the Sixers saying he can. And the Sixers as an entity are a company. Like they're an organization. Ben Simmons is a person. He's a human being. He might be a dick. But he's still a human being. And right now, if we are resorting, if we as a people, as an NBA Twitter, 
as fans are resorting to questioning whether or not Ben is faking the deterioration of his own mental health, which none of us can feel or verify except for him, mm-hmm. instead of giving his situation an ounce of grace, like you said, graciousness, then like, what are we doing? You're really going to suggest that being one of the most hated players in the entire NBA, receiving death threats, being told how small and insignificant and bad you are as a person. And guess what? You weren't even that great of a player anyway. Like he's seeing Mm -hmm. it all yeah. because he wants to leave Philadelphia. And like you said, has asked multiple times, will you let me leave Philadelphia? But that's been ignored. That people are going to suggest after all of this, he's faking being in a bad place mentally. I get one like mean reply to a tweet and I my whole weekend is destroyed. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not seriously. going out I'm calling my mom I'm like mom do you think I'm ugly like it's not it's that's I cannot imagine being on displayed like this yeah um it's getting piled on even assholes Ooh. get to struggle like that's just that's also that's it that's the tweet the Sixers are eight and two who's struggling here <laughs> it's just that they it's just that people feel this weird like that they want the Sixers to have the right to get the player at his full potential because we can tell he's not playing to it right now. But the thing is, is like organizations, any company will make a mistake. They'll make a bad investment. They take losses all the time. This is Mm -hmm. not an interpersonal relationship between Ben and another person. It's a relationship between Ben and an organization that owns his ability to play the sport professionally. This is not a crime against the Sixers. Like, cut your right. losses. That's that's what I was going to say. That's actually a really good point that you brought up how well they're doing. Because if they were 2-8, and eight, then it, I think it would be a very different narrative. Like, oh, Ben just doesn't want to help us. Like, he, we would need him. But, like, okay, it's actually going well without him and he wants to leave. What's the problem here? Like it's just I, that they're I, worried they won't get the return. Right. But it's like it's going well. I I yeah, that's fascinating with the record in there. Because if it was flipped, this would be a different conversation and it would be even more scrutiny on one hundred percent. Yeah, crazy. I can't imagine. And yeah, the wow. <laughs> but the whole like the Shams report of uh like him explaining patient doctor confidentiality (laughs) to NBA fans and like you just you don't get like a return time frame to to uh them questioning like when are you going to be back like when are you going to be fixed when is your anxiety or whatever it is going to go away versus like hey what can we do for you to make this a place where you're more at peace Oh, and if the answer to that, that, yeah, no, if the answer to that is I cannot be at peace here, then you have your answer. Mm-hmm. Do a bad trade. Guess what was a horrible trade? Wilt Chamberlain out of Philadelphia to the Lakers. He said, I'm not going to fucking be here anymore. So decide what you want to do with that. There's actually a lot of context that, to that story, which is really fun. But happens <laughs> like this is not that weird. It's just that now we're invoking all these terms that because you cannot physically see them all the time, mm-hmm. um, bosses feel like they have it, uh, the right to question. You know, it's so interesting what it made me think about and not to transition into our next topic, but 
it did make me think about Eric Bledsoe's tweet. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. That's all he tweeted. He just said, I don't want to be here. He was traded in two weeks. <laughs> and maybe that's what Ben should do. Like, maybe he's just like, I don't want to be here. He said it multiple times, but maybe it's the tweet. Maybe that's the thing that will grant you your wish. And we all know Eric Bledsoe said he was at a hair salon, which doesn't make sense <laughs> because he should have said barbershop. So many things, so many things. But that makes me think about how, if we're talking about dumpster fires, how bad the Suns organization is right now. And yeah, so there's your that transition a, for you. That was a great transition. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you mean that you're not happy with me going, okay. Yeah, no. But this one was right there. I had. To I was thinking about that Bledsoe tweet the whole time I was reading the the Robert Sarver piece. Um, Same. And I, I, the story was, the official story is that he was with his wife at her hair salon. So he said, okay, I don't want to be here because there wasn't... I'm sure that that was a lovely environment. Um, the hair it salon, the obviously hair salon. not the sons. But yeah, and I honestly, I can't remember how, what the reaction was to that. I think to to people who are younger than 48 at the time were probably just like, this is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But there might have been some people who were upset. Eric Bledsoe is not, his potential is not Ben Simmons. So that's the other no. thing is because Ben Simmons has a lot of basketball potential, which apparently Doc and Embiid don't believe in. Yeah, your own people that are going to be with you in the trenches are like, oh, I don't know if he has what it takes. You're like, okay, then I it then goes let back him go. to like, let me know, like I know my, wor- my worth and let me find a team that knows that worth. And if my own people, my own organization, my teammate, the captain, the face of the franchise, Embiid is like, yeah, I don't know that man. (laughs) He was like, I don't know that guy. I don't want to know him. And is so like wishy-washy on that. I think he should be able to tweet. I don't want to be here and be shipped off to somewhere that makes him happy. And we have to address that the Celtics are flirting with the idea that came out today. We're recording this on Monday, but... That was um that could be something. Yeah, I saw that. That's a whole That's, nother I thing. <laughs> I mean, they have problems bigger than him, so maybe I know. I, he should go somewhere where he's not the biggest problem. And I think that it's very clear to everyone. Oh. It's the Sixers are only waiting for him to start playing again, so then teams become interested. Right now, the way that this wow, works, or there's popular consensus that this works, is if a player feels untradeable you have you get to offer far less right um but Mm -hmm. again sometimes cut just cut your losses with robert sarver yeah robert sarver something about when i say that like quickly there's the r's like make it sound incorrect but anyway (laughs) i've been saying it a lot lately me and my dad were talking about it um with robert sarver uh, I feel bad for everyone so who yeah. I made fun of who's ever a Suns player or coaching staff because um, they were going through a lot more than just being terrible. With Robert Sarver and Neil Olshay, it's almost the exact opposite. It's actually no. I'm not going to say it's the exact opposite because it's nothing like <laughs> What I meant to say is it's different from the Ben Simmons stuff because this yeah. is stuff that 
feels like an open secret, or at least it it sounds like from the report that said what Robert Sarver did, the extensive, comprehensive report um, of his Very many detailed. wrongs. And yeah, just that was a lot of anecdotes, which is when he had the message saying, look, I've never done any of this stuff, except one time I did show my wife in a bikini. Right? Okay, let's pause. Let's pause right there. Because he was like, yeah, I did that. He's like, and I did that like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you understand that that is not okay? Like, I don't think he still understands. He's like, yeah, they sent us some merchandise. So I had my wife put it on and I took her photos and then I passed it around a meeting and ha- made everyone look at it. Because a picture of a bikini just says, you know, a bikini, you can unsellable. Yeah, yeah, unsellable. You obviously have to see somebody in the clothing to make it sellable. And if you're going to sell that to anyone, it's the group of people you work with who would probably get free Suns merch anyway. Actually, probably not under him. I bet he isn't. He's probably also cheap, but... Yes. I mean, it's just that everything feels like it's very open um, and accepted, which is, I guess, where I was trying to connect the two was that none of the Ben stuff, Mm. it feels accepted. Um, The Neil Olshay report, I think just for me, and maybe I'm just a little bit exhausted and skeptical and cynical and everything, but it's like, okay, the thing you and I have always said is if you're winning in sports... Mm-hmm. You can get away with whatever you want. Unfortunately, yes. But let's not forget, <laughs> if you're losing, if you're super middle ground, if you're a terrible coach, you might just get the Mavs coaching job. <laughs> you might just own a team for 18 years oh, and run it into the ground so hard that it's like at the Earth's core, wherever the Suns lived for like, the last 15 years, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter because especially as an owner, it's yours. And Mm -hmm. because you bought it and you own it and you feel like everyone who works for it, you also own. And that's something that Sarver said and I think also applies or allegedly said. So he said it. Also applies to the Ben situation and maybe how we subconsciously feel about these athletes and why isn't he playing to his potential here? He should be. You know, they've signed him. He's making money. He's a millionaire, so we can't have any sympathy or nuance in how we think about him. Mm. But it doesn't matter how you treat people or how you go about your life because this thing is yours. And so what's going to stop you from hiring someone who is like you in the ways that they are offensive and harmful to people? And then that's what ends up affecting the social media manager or the marketing person who's brand new and just and doesn't want to get pants by Robert Sarver you know and Sarver oh has God. to learn why that's inappropriate but nothing ever happens and why is that because the only people who can check Robert Sarver in this situation are other owners it's the board of governors they run yep. this whole thing Adam Silver works for them if they want Sarver that's wild. out that's wild yeah, they have no, no one's controlling them. They run this. They are the, um, they're the board. I was like, what's a great company compared? They're the board, like the board of governors, the board. They control this mm-hmm. entire league. They control everything. And why will they not out Robert Sarver, Jordan? 
Yeah. Yeah. This is what I was talking about because they're like, actually, you know, don't look over here. Like if they vote and say this is bad, then they are saying that they are not doing that. And their workplace is not the same. And their team is crystal clean. And that's not the case. We know that. It's very unfortunate. Just the sports atmosphere. I feel like we just went through this with the NFL as well. Like the, I would be so surprised if anyone thought the NBA would be wildly different. Um, and so these, you know, Sarvers getting outed, the board is not going to say, you know, I feel like they're not going to say this is bad because that's them saying, you know, don't come look over here. <laughs> like everybody clean up, clean up, clean up everything, delete the emails, delete the faxes. Like they're going to freak out themselves because they also have wrongs of racism and sexism. It's just a bad situation. <laughs> I yeah, don't even know Mavs how else to describe was it. Like two years ago. Yeah. The entire Mavs. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, I the NFL was that. most recent. I just <sighs> 100%. And you hit it. That's exactly why is because, A, they want to make money, right? Mm -hmm. And so this all, it's whoever can, like we said at the top, win the most games, bring in the most Mm -hmm. money. But it's more than that, too, because even the losing teams make money. The return Mm -hmm. on investment of NBA teams went up during the pandemic. Like, it's gone up steadily. I don't have the numbers, but what Dolan bought the Knicks for – Literally, they were terrible. And then what they're worth now is like an insane jump. Yeah. So even when they're losing, what'd you say? I think they're the top franchise in like all of sports. Yeah. So even if you're a bad team, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You're still making money. Yeah. um, Off these players, off these people, off the marketing managers and the social media people. And there's other people who work in organizations. I just can't think of them. Um, and yeah, it's just, I was also thinking, this is kind of like weird, but why sports are compared to like warfare so often and how it's all just kind of seen as this like cutthroat thing on one end, like it's sports. And so we're all like at war together, you know, and like we're fighting this other team and it's just like a weird comparison. I literally just made that comparison earlier in this podcast. In the trenches? <laughs> yeah. That's what made me think of this. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. But then so on the other right. side of that, it's supposed to be like, this is so much fun. We work in sports. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. we're so lucky. Everyone tells us they want our job because we're close to the athletes. And um, those two don't mix. Nothing that is – nothing that's product is compared to war is going to turn out to be, like, really fun. Yeah, you miss out on a, a lot point. of the things. You're just trying to make the most money possible while saving yourself. Like you said, I think they've got skeletons in their closets. Do you remember um, uh, Donald Sterling? When Donald Sterling was um, like being horrible. not even being removed. I think it was before he was removed. Did you Do you remember what Mark Cuban said? No, but... I know you're going to say it. It's going to be very so bad right now. <laughs> he said, he was like, there, look, there's no excuse for any of this. What Don said was terrible. And then he said, there's no place for racism here. There's no, he kept saying there's no excuse. And then he said, 
There's no place for it in our league, but it's a very, very slippery slope. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. No, Mark. It's actually not a slippery slope. You cannot racism and be racist. (laughs) Oh, whoops. I slipped. And I was racist. No. And the thing is, too, I'm glad you brought up Donald Sterling. Never thought I'd say that ever. But um, Neil Olshay. 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 Neil Olshay worked for Donald Sterling for years at the Clippers. He did. And I'm not saying that. You know, it's a direct correlation, but I am saying that this behavior is learned. Mm-hmm. Like you are picking it up from different things. If that was your boss, if that was the environment that you were in, you're going to go to another organization and say, well, this is how I worked before and it worked. People were fine and I didn't get fired. So I'm going to bring the same type of energy to the next organization that I'm a part of so that I don't think it's. It's a coincidence that the the last horrible bad owner that was removed, he worked for. And yeah. there there has to be a connection there because he was, got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's <laughs> my eyes are closed. I, I think, you know, fast. what annoys me is I, I hate on Twitter when people are like this happened with the Portnoy stuff too when his report from the article in Business Insider came out um, mm-hmm. when people are like well this is the least surprising thing in the world and I also have that reaction and I've also probably tweeted something like that but mm-hmm. at the same time while I'm not surprised by any of this stuff it's not all it's not also stuff that I I'm like trying to think of the right way to say this without sounding like a dick Take your it's head. still not it's not stuff that's like top of mind for people every single day but yet we're not surprised so there's an issue there where it's mm-hmm. not being handled. If we're not surprised by this, if what uh, Mark Cuban said, like it's a slippery slope, so maybe something similar will happen like this this day, or we can enforce this against Don, but maybe we can't enforce this fully. It needs to be addressed, but also to go back to the first point, like how? Because the people who are going to hold him accountable are also have those skeletons. Right, and... The for the comment to, you know, say I'm not surprised, I I definitely fall into that category, too. But then we go about our life and we keep doing whatever we're doing. But the people that are working there and that's their life every single day, like going into a job that you feel uncomfortable, that you hate the environment day after day after day, you're clocking in. Like you don't get to just be like, oh, I'm not surprised and I'm leaving because this is your big break in sports. You have the dream job that everybody wants. You get to work with athletes and you're that's the balance that they have to go through every day. So it's it's tough to say that from or I guess it's easy to say that from an outsider to say, oh, I'm not surprised that another white owner is terrible, but I'm not working for him and I'm not in that environment every day. So I, I yeah, I, I can see I can see that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we assume are going on, maybe without mm-hmm. making the taking the energy to assume, but we just understand are probably happening. But if yeah. any of them, I, hopefully this causes a wave. But what even happens from the wave? You know what I mean? I know. I know. All right. <laughs> it's just All right. Plain I don't want to. <laughs> 
Clean house. Let's just start fresh. I don't. I don't like when you make that face. So let's talk about something else. <laughs> this is Jordan's sad face is the worst. Hey, what's up guys? Jordan Liggins here. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is an exclusive ticketing partner for Spinsters and the Blue Wire Network. NBA basketball is finally back and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NBA tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. I'm actually super excited because I'm about to go visit my sister in Chicago and we're gonna go to a Bulls game and hey, I'm gonna check out TickPicks for the best tickets on the market. I know they're gonna be the best price, I know it's gonna be easy and no service fees. Visit TickPick.com slash spin today to save $10 on your first order of NBA tickets. TickPick.com slash spin. You want to talk about Cleveland? Something that's always made people happy, famous. Right? <laughs> Especially Joakim Noah. No, um, Cleveland is fun. And I'm like, I, I'm actually really proud of them. I'm happy for them. Anytime I, you know, the NBA TV, like league pass scoreboard, if they're playing and it's like close, I'm like, good for you guys. You're going and they're winning. And Ricky Rubio with his luscious hair is doing wonderful. This is the thing about Rubio that Rubio is like actually very, very good at is going to a young team playing exceptionally the perfect role of let me uplift these guys to the point where they don't fucking need you anymore. <laughs> it's happened with the oh, Jazz. It's happened with the Sun. Point. The only team it can't work with is the Wolves. He is not able to. No one could uplift them. Hashtag free cat. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So let's. So Lowry will be back. I'm assuming. I mean, I don't want to just brush over COVID. Like you know we were yelling at people for doing um, in March, but mm -hmm. let's say that he comes, has no symptoms, has no lingering effects. I'm assuming he's also been vaccinated. So um, hopefully that is helping him fight it. Um, so then they've still got their three big men rotation, which is just so weird. Um, it's so, I love it though. First, they're both I, seven foot and then Jared Allen's 6'11". Or is he seven foot? No, he's six eleven. But I they're know like seven basically, when I see him. like there's <laughs> a like, threshold, ah. and I'm like that guy's seven foot. <laughs> you don't think his afro helps out? I think it does. I think it adds a couple a couple more inches. But I am the um, CEO of the Jared Allen fan club because I think that the Cavs got him on a steal, and now with Mobley, who also had his career high the other night, like they are just. Rocking and rolling. I'm snapping into the microphone. They're just they're killing it. And I'm I'm just so happy for them because they've been so sad for so long. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And hopefully that I mean, God, so I'm still like taken aback by this sex and news. But they are set up to do very weird things. I won't say good things like they don't have wings that matter. We're like Honestly, where are they? They're, their team is made up of yeah. the weirdest. 
Composition. It's like you're either a point guard or you're a center. Wingless team. No in between. Bone out. Only tenders on this team. It's And you know what's crazy is that when Lowry was out the first game, JB Biggerstaff, he kept with it. Like he put in um, Dean Wade, who's 6'9". Let's go. Like what is he doing here? <laughs> He's like, it's working. That's you need what to come saying. up with a nickname for JB Bickerstaff. That's just too, that's too much. I'm sure that's what people Wait, say what, they it's J, can we just go by JB? Yeah. Something about that last name like rubs me the wrong way. Like, I just feel like it doesn't bode well. Because you know how, like, if you meet someone with the last name Smith, you can assume that somewhere way, way, way back in the line, like their ancestor was a blacksmith. Or like Baker. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? like my friends. So, they're, they're the shoemakers. Yeah. Like very, yes. There's no guessing what that family did, right? Right. <laughs> so somewhere like way back when, J.B. Bickerstaff's family was like running a business where the people hated them. Like they did not get along. That's I'm essentially so like what I always what I think about when I, <laughs> some tech startup in the 1600s. Who's <laughs> like, we're a family. <laughs> The podcast now is sponsored by (laughs) Ancestry.com, where we go back and we find out what his family did and why. (laughs) I don't know what they were doing to make them so mad, but they probably just wanted health care. They're probably like, that's all we we have. Leprosy. Smallpox. Um, Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It looks like it's working defensively, but like in a highly not streamlined way. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about having three bigs where even if they're not the most skilled on the perimeter, it's like someone will get inside, like they'll blow past and be like, no problem. You know, whatever. This guy can't can't guard me. They'll blow past. And then there's just another seven footer. Yeah. So it works. You get past that one and then it's another one there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. Um, and the offense is also weird because we're having to see them do things that I don't think I'd normally want from them because they could be done better elsewhere. But right. I mean, with that being said, like Evan Mobley's a he's got he's a great passer. So that's mm-hmm. and a good shooter. I feel like he's decent out there. Yeah, keep Allen at the rim. Uh Markinen can shoot as well so I don't know it's weird it doesn't feel like I wouldn't put it together but I don't also think the this is like the actual the manifestation of when people are like you should there's two camps draft for what you need or just draft the best player yeah the Cavs were like we'll just take good players and now they're and we'll playing, figure it out <laughs> we'll now they're playing a six-man lineup of three guards and three wings yeah it's just we'll put them all out there and we'll let it figure it out but we got the best ones though and I, I think it's like, I guess why I'm so happy is because it it has been an accumulation of draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. Like, when are they going to get good? And now it seems like they're meshing together. And I'm just I'm just happy for them. Yeah, I mean, me too. I hope that I mean, I was happier with them before I learned right. that Colin Sexton tore his meniscus in his left knee last night. Thank you for being so specific, Harry. Um well, that's a bummer. That's but funny. yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's just weird. The other thing about them is they're not like bruisers. Hmm. I Doesn't feel like happen. if anybody would have thrown out a lineup like this with three seven footers, sorry, 
one six eleven pe- person. These guys just aren't. They're not big enough to be like uh, the bullies. That maybe the is the whole reason that you used to play a bunch of seven footers. They're all a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think of Lowry Markin and like he's gonna rough me up. Like I feel like I could. <laughs> If it came to it, <laughs> fight him. Yeah, but you'd win. you know, it's just it's weird, like that they're not they're not quite uh, there. But it is the original mm. basic math, like before the three existed. If you were taller than somebody and they were shooting, and the chances are they were shooting closer to the rim, you were going to be able to block them. It's like yeah. now people say it's math. Two points is more than three points is more than two points. It's also math but, with height. We're going. I don't know. With I think honestly, guys. I don't think this is going to end up working out for them. But <laughs> dang it, <laughs> I love your optimism. I'm very optimistic. Oh, go Cavs! Should we um, get into Damian Lillard, or should we save it for next time? We're at 44 minutes. Let's save it for next time. I actually want to watch. Uh, I want to watch more Portland games, but that is it's interesting. I hope he's, yeah, they're actually I hope he's doing I mean, okay. They're actually their offense looks really weird. Like their offense is another one that's weird. Well, we can stop the podcast. Their offense is another one that's just kind of like a bit weird. It looks similar to last year's, but everything looks like a little bit more intentional now. Hmm. Like they have a there's a point to everything. Like their passes have a purpose. I think before it used to be a bit more scrambly, and now it's like they're getting more assists. They're transitioning better. It's like everything is more to the point. Um, Sharpened yeah. up. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, compared to like offenses, like the roundabout offenses where the ball, you're on purpose, like the ball handler's skill is to, to take the long route. And then there's like the dysfunctional ones where you're not, nothing is on purpose. Like you're just trying to survive out there. Like whoever has the open shot can have the open shot. This one feels mm-hmm. very... Uh, I don't want to say this word streamlined in because that's not quite it. It just feels like it's very intentional. But they, you're fine, though, because they haven't settled on a rotation yet with their forwards. So they're kind of all over the place with the backups there. A um, little bit. But Dame sucks right now. <laughs> he Dang. looks so bad. I know. It's weird. Well, it's not like he looks bad. It's like he's getting the same shots that he would they're normally just- get. Not it's going not like in. he's struggling. Yeah, they're just not going in. It's weird. I feel bad for him. He'll shake it off. I, yeah, I'll say uh, there's there. Mm, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be supported, Chelsea Billups. I don't know. Maybe the gods are coming down on you. Not the basketball gods on Dame. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's also stressed out with the old she stuff. He's probably like the suck. I mean, he's probably no, yeah, he's probably stressed she. out. He has new twin babies at home. Oh, he's got babies. He's got a lot going on. Congrats he to him. He just got married. Yeah, if you have kids, you're he terrible at your job. Oof. I mean, you're allowed to be terrible at your job, I guess, is is my point. Well, that settles it. He's got kids. <laughs> he's <laughs> got kids. He's and, and just, yeah, he just got married. He's got a lot. He's got a lot going on. Oh, he did just get married because I saw that video of him. And his wife, and his wife was taking the selfie, and he was like, didn't want to be in the selfie. That's why oh, I'm not I didn't see married. that. I just saw the amazing So no one rejects suits. me for a selfie. He had a great selection of, of formal wear. Really At his uh, wedding. At his wedding. At his wedding. 
Okay. That's our show. Thanks for hanging out with us. I've had a lot of thoughts. Oh, go ahead. I was about to ask you if you wanted to go to a pain sip tonight, but I forgot we hadn't signed off. (laughs) Maybe. We can talk about it after. Okay. (laughs) Also, um, tell us if you've ever been to a pain sip. On our voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spinsters is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hey, this is Jarrett from Cleveland, Ohio, and I would be thrilled if the Cavs don't try to take an Anthony Bennett or similar situation again. Just please don't mess this up, guys. Please, please.